Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating, not just reducing, completely eradicating. I believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for Mondays, not Fridays, and get to do their most meaningful work. The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. This podcast is titled Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. In each episode, I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices, which are not always easy and comfortable, but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves, and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Mariuka is the founder of Osango Limited and is transforming businesses with intelligent API and information architecture. In the interview, Mariuka shares her journey of leaping into consultancy from a corporate role Her advice will resonate with professionals and leaders alike, underlining the significance of active listening, acknowledging the power of I don't know, and finding value in unexpected perspectives. She emphasizes that listening is not just about silence. It is also about understanding what is not being spoken. Hi, Mariuka. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Thank you so much. So nice to have you be there. And I'm happy to have you invited by you. It's a pleasure to have you here. Why don't you start by sharing a little bit about yourself and what do you do? So I'm an API consultant, or I would say I'm a whatever it needs to do consultant to get the APIs done. So it's business and education, communication, architecture, things. And actually that's a combo of what I've been doing for a long time. So I've taught myself computer science and programming when I was a kid. And then I moved into education and then more business and architecture. So yeah, that that's pretty much what I do. And we have a team of five, six people permanently, but then we have this API collective where we have API experts around the world to, mm. to work with us. Yeah, yeah. And before we started, you were talking about entrepreneurship being a planned action. Yeah. <laughs> Can you share a bit more about that? How did you? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I got into APIs accidentally, and I definitely got into entrepreneurship accidentally. So, I was working in a bigger consultancy, like actually a strategic consultant, to get their business into kind of an API and digital mode from like the more traditional integration world, and. I had been thinking for five years, 10 years before that maybe I could put up my own company, but I didn't quite know what it would be. Mm. Like I, I only knew that it would be something probably with 
tech and education somehow. And when the opportunity arose, I was like, I literally had five days to decide if I was going to set up the company and leave the cushy kind of monthly salary and everything. And then also I had literally, I had to fly out to Paris to a conference to give a talk to talk about the method of cycles that I've been creating. And I was actually creating in that consulting. So it was like, there's a longer story here, but, but that was like, I had to make some really fast decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And how have that turned out for you or especially how have you grown in the, or grown or changed in the process? Well, I would say it has been really good in terms of, there were some very practical reasons of setting up the company. There were, there were like some IPR and some other things that were just better suited to be handled in a separate company. But then from a personal point of view, there was this kind of thing that one of my old bosses had said to me that, well, you probably are not ever going to be a CEO. Like mm. that's not who you are. And I was like, so pissed off, sorry, my language here, but I was like, yeah, I've been running this company for some years now that, and okay, the title hasn't been a CEO, but probably I could be doing this. I want to at least try. And then, and then I would say it was a leap because obviously I knew that customers generally were finding me a nice person to work with, or at least well, maybe not the nicest person, but at least being able to deliver them some valuable stuff. And I wasn't too afraid about that, but I think as many professional people who suddenly decide to go into consultancy, there was that risk that how am I going to get the first clients like mm -hmm. six to 12 months, which I think people are underestimating hugely. <laughs> Yeah. And I was so lucky because of this kind of way that the company was set up that my old employer was actually able to set me up with some projects for the first six months. And then some of my ex-colleagues and other people were referring clients to me. So I got a really good start and it was a really good timing for it. And mm -hmm. so far we were able to grow quite nicely. Now maybe the market is a little bit changing and also APIs have been Coming more consumerized in a bit, you <laughs> know, yeah. like way. But I think the age old problem of people mm. being the kind of problem and the solution <laughs> for the any of the technical or business things that we want to do and innovate and change, I think that still remains, and that's where we are focusing a lot. So. Yeah, thank you for uh, for sharing that. I think entrepreneurship is always a leap, right? So thank you yeah. for. Sharing that and also that comment, I think sometimes situations can push us into yeah. that leap. And you very rightly said, I think the first customer is like a big, like a big jump or a big milestone. Yeah. And I'm glad that you had that process set up or more streamlined than it is for most people. But, yeah. but as you were talking about today, right? As you were talking about today, now maybe five years mm -hmm. down the journey, can you share what is it that you see in the future? What vision do you have? And then what challenges do you see? Yeah, it's the future start from a little bit in the past. So when we set up with the co-founder of the company at the time, we thought that, okay, maybe this is going to be like a two-year thing. And then let's see. And five year, years later, we're still here. But I think that the main reason why we set it up was that we saw that there, there is a disconnect between like business and tech and like other professions than 
business and tech, strictly speaking. And that was causing a lot of problems for individuals in a way that people could be much more successful in their jobs and in their careers if they understood better these both fields. And then also like APIs were in that kind of intersection and coming up and the kind of API economy. But then with um, looking at the situation right now, like from that vision, I think it's even more so. Now we have AI, IoT, supercomputing, like everything cool and fancy. By the way, all related to API is still highly needed, but also it's becoming even more complex, but even more wider audience needs to understand how all of these things work together and how to use them correctly. What are the innovation possibilities and what does it mean for them personally and also for the organizations? And I think because like universities and other training institutions, they are doing a wonderful job. And maybe like from my background of like education and educational science, I'm looking at it that I'm seeing that there is a huge kind of issue and what I'm be discussing with the universities, for example, that there are these like technical training, there's the business training, or like those curriculums and those teachers and those students, and they don't always mix. <laughs> and then when you have like people in nursing or construction or anything else that doesn't traditionally speak computer science, yeah. they still need to deal with all this digitalization and other things. And they don't quite know how, but they could be really mm. valuable to everybody and their own yeah. career. They could. Yeah. Yeah. So what challenge or pain point does that present for you, especially given the growth that you're planning for the future? I would say that the challenge has been the same all the time, <laughs> taking a different form. So the challenge is that technical people don't necessarily want to know more about business mm. or they find it challenging and then vice versa. And I think that in, in organizations, there's that kind of even bigger thing going on with the IT department, the business and whoever it is, yeah. that is business, the business can be a lot of things. Anybody from electric engineering, sure, anybody else, but they don't speak the same language and therefore they don't always understand each other's needs and they then like for me as an entrepreneur that means that there's a both, both an opportunity but there's also like a risk that yeah we need to educate talk explain mm -hmm. and do a lot of other things before anybody understands yeah. they need. <laughs> yeah so i see two levels of people dynamics mm. right so one is yeah. just that people inside a company inside an organization mm. But from your level, you are talking to and dealing with multiple clients and people yeah. from different industries, different yeah. departments. Yeah. So how, how have you invested in yourself, in your own skills, in dealing with people, like listening, speaking, everything that, that it involves? That's an interesting question because I like that's a daily discussion that we are having with some mm -hmm. of the co-founders that we are doing from the partner companies that we are working with. I think... Like really deep down personally, I have had to learn more about stopping myself from speaking and listening. But then there's two kinds of listening. There's that I'm literally silent and I'm listening to you and listening to your words and, and 
I'm taking you from what you are actually like, the words that you are saying, versus there's the listening of actually understanding Mm. where you are and what your problem is and being able to ask the right questions. Like, I think early on, I've been as a kid already and as a kind of budding professional, I was setting these goals to myself, like what I want to do, where I want to go. Let's say I wanted to go uh, to some of the jobs and industries and the places where I could actually meet as many different industry, people from industries and sizes of company and countries and so forth as I could. I was, for example, a SaaS product manager, but I've been doing a lot of other things that led me to that. And I just wanted to understand what makes different people tick. Mm. But also sometimes it really takes me to an uncomfortable place. <laughs> Let's say I, yeah. in school, I hated physics. And then I find myself more and more talking with electric engineers and other <laughs> people and even quantum computing engineers. And it's all physics. And But the good thing is that I can relate to the people that they are trying to talk with, for example, mm. in departments or business or something else. And I'm understanding that how this can be a complete disconnect yeah. in these people that they are just not able to use even the same words and understand each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing about the listening, especially. I think it is so important that listening is not just keeping silent or listening attentively, but it's also about understanding how does it look like from the other person's point of view. Right. And where are they coming from? What are their concerns? Because yeah, otherwise you are. Not, yeah. And what is not being said is like yeah. a lot of times it's okay. This smells like there's something here, but this person mm. is not able to even say it out loud because either they think it's not relevant or they think the audience doesn't understand or they just don't have words for it. Absolutely. I think listening to what is not being said is a super powerful mm. that any professional or any leader can build up. Yeah, but you were adding something else very interesting, right? That people don't talk, right? Or there, there is this stress. And now for you, not just that you, it's not just as a consultant, you also have to provide a business solution or be accountable for that. But you yeah. also have to deal with all of these communication dynamics, right? So the emotional yeah. part of it. So how do you keep yourself sane? How do you keep that balance to make sure that you are there to serve them and not just get busy while not yeah. taking care of yourself? There is an argument there that am I keeping myself sane? <laughs> That's another question. <laughs> but yeah, I think that I have this problem as an entrepreneur that I should probably build more hours if I wanted, if I was just keeping myself, if I was just able to say, okay, yes, let's do this work because it's billable hours. Unfortunately for me, <laughs> but not the customers, I've always been, and I love working with other people who are like that. that I've always been like overly conscious. Like I, I don't want to deliver a service that I wouldn't want to buy because I've been on the buyer side so long that I saw both good and bad consulting and I saw people just bill hours and not deliver anything mm. valuable. And I just don't want to do that. So what keeps me sane is that we are really sharing and open with the goals but also the problems and the highlights and the low points with the client and with the team. And, and if there's something that, like like currently, for example, with a, one Australian client, there's a really a place where we can say we have delivered enough. Like they are now able to mm. fly on their own in that area. 
no need for help there. If there's something else that makes sense that we will help, then let's do that. And well, right now it seems though that there is, but not always. Like sometimes there is, okay, really what we are saying to the clients, what I'm saying always that I want to make myself not need it because I don't feel comfortable being there Mm -hmm. hanging around if nobody really needs me there. Don't know if that answered the question, but that's how. So what is it that you do? to make sure that you can speak or stay in that grounded state and not like carry the stress of your own role as an entrepreneur, as a CEO to the clients and yeah, the other yeah. I, I think a lot of it is kind of focusing on, well, like really focusing on the one thing at the time, but also doing this kind of like almost meta consulting. So, so like we are working with our whole team, but also these other consultancies in all almost all of our cases we are not alone there and what we do with the other founders and the other consultants is we are really reflecting on Mm. what we did well what we could have done better sometimes we are even like having heated discussions over it but the added bonus of it is that when you feel that you're getting stuck Mm. you have somebody to talk it through and also that because we have different skill sets, some of the other partners are, for example, even like much better in communication than, for example, I would be. I'm maybe better at other things. So, so then we can give us ourselves like feedback on the things that we are strong in, and we are maybe seeing the others are not, or they could do even better. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's so valuable. I think you called it meta consulting, but it's like yeah. taking a step back yeah. and not just being in the work, but talking about how are we being with the work and then yeah. sharing feedback, even if it is uncomfortable and yeah. then reflecting on it and learning from it yeah. becomes a process. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So apart from what you do at work, right? What else completes yeah. you? What else keeps you busy or excites you? Well, I- like a lot of things, but of course, family is one thing. And my son just turned 18 and he's like, oh, big now. And that's one thing. But actually last year I made the decision that because the remote consulting through the pandemic had been like the thing that we were doing and a lot of customers were still happy to continue doing it. I was like, why do I need to do this in that like big city and be cooped up into the room there and do something or go to the office and travel all the time. So actually right now, what keeps me mostly sane is that I'm sitting physically in a small village, the center of village. I set up our office as a co-working space here in a kind of like a village office where we can host a variety of things. And Basically, I'm like supported by the whole village right now. I can always go out and talk to anybody when my head is full of stuff or I can go for a walk or something. And family and extended families is around here. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think what I can take away from that is is the metaphor of a village. I think many times when we get too competitive in the business world, especially when sitting in like glass buildings. Everything seems me versus you are trying to win over you. But moving to a small town or a small village, I think everybody knows each other. Everybody is willing to lend a hand, support. And I think that's very true for business as well, especially like for small consultancies or people who are dealing with multiple relationships. It's not like just me trying to survive, but it's all of us trying to make sense together. 
And it's also very useful in the sense that sometimes you are too stuck in your own bubble, like with people who speak exactly the same stuff mm -hmm. as you, you do. And you think the world is like that. But when you are in a small village, you have everybody from every here and they have like different backgrounds and different levels of training and experiences. And it really keeps you from being too tight in your bubble and believing that everybody is either either believers or non-believers of what you're trying to tell them will speak the same language. So oftentimes here, for example, I had to explain what is it that we do. And I remember some conversations with, for example, some of the villagers where like I was, I wanted to explain to them that I'm doing something like API consult mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, how do I explain this? And then you have to find out metaphors. Okay. Yeah. You have this. You're in the shop and you're selling their stuff, but actually you have these cash registers and other things, and they are actually using APIs for these and these purposes and payments and so forth. And of course, the audience is not always understanding <laughs> what it is, what you're doing, and they don't need to. But it also helps to build my communication skills in a way that mm. if I can make them understand even something about it, then I probably can customers understand more. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think there is tremendous value is going beyond our immediate circle or that bubble. Right. And yeah. even for me, just through this podcast, I meet so many people and I yeah. sometimes I miss out, but I take out a lot of value without even mm -hmm. realizing consciously, yeah. uh, but it impacts me, it changes me, it changes my perspective and that's invaluable. And I think mm -hmm. that's very helpful in what you were sharing earlier about yeah. the stress or the toughness or the challenges of dealing with people mm -hmm. at different points of view. I think having that solid base can serve as that foundation on which you can actually build a grounded business. Yeah. Yeah. And and still not saying it's easy and I'm like hyper successful in it, but it's something that if at least I believe that if somebody pays attention yeah. to that and understands that you need to develop. And that's, I think, one of the things that I keep telling my team and everybody else like, who is new to the area that do not assume that somebody who looks and talks and works like they know the stuff actually know everything is don't yeah. set too high goals and bars to yourself. It's well, if I chose the path of entrepreneurship, I know I need to work a little bit more than mm. the employee. That's fine. You don't need to do that. But also you don't need to be an expert day one when you walk in. I'm still learning a lot of stuff. Like you said, like every client relationship, every communication with anybody always teaches something and the rest is up to Googling and having a framework of, I've seen this before, this probably slots into this piece here. This starts to make sense. So it's more like pattern recognition almost than Absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. So le learning only stops when we stop learning. And I think yeah, that's exactly. so important to realize that no matter how, like how many years have we been in the industry or how big yeah. established our company or startup is, we yeah. can always learn and we can always learn from anybody, right? Not just from the experts, but also yeah. from yeah. people whom we don't expect it from. So thank and you. I, like, I think yeah. the best learning experience have been like the ones that say, start with I don't know anything about this, but I have yeah. this question and I'm like, okay, you have this interesting viewpoint that I would have never thought of. <laughs> Let's explore this. So, yeah, I think what you're 
highlighting here is that, right? I don't know is the starting point of learning. Because when you say, I know, it feels comfortable. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, you stop yourself from learning something new. Yes. And I don't know, saying that might be uncomfortable yeah. and also difficult, more vulnerable, but it yeah. allows you to be receptive to what else you might be missing out on. Yeah. I, and this is something that I see, like I, I deliver a lot of training to, not just consulting. And a lot of times the biggest, like the biggest problem is first with students who are very highly trained in another industry, like industry domain thing, and they come to, let's say, I, I think programming or testing related courses are the worst because if you come from humanistic or business or something background, you have certain patterns of how you thought you were learning and how you have been successful in the past. And now you have a different domain with a different way of approaching learning and you are kind of like you're totally in problem until you realize that this mm. is a completely new way of dealing things. Once you realize that, you can start scaffolding. But as long as you believe that the world is flat, <laughs> you can't start yes. exploring that it's actually round. Yes, yes. So when we believed that the world was flat, yeah. uh, like ships would actually turn around because they yeah, would be uh, exactly. in yeah. Falling off the cliff yeah. of and that of, is of literally what's, yeah, what is yes. happening in people's yes. and, minds. Yeah, and that is what we all of us do. Yeah. And that's such a wonderful yeah. insight that you share. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Marika, for uh, sharing everything that you shared. I think there are so many insights here for anybody who will listen to this episode. And before we end, right, how can someone reach out to you? How can someone find out more about what you're doing? Okay. So I'm really happy to connect in LinkedIn. So Marika Kanina at Osangon in LinkedIn. And of course, we are our company website. My email also is first name, last name. <laughs> so anything, please reach out if you have anything that you want to talk to me about. Absolutely. So I will make sure to include those links in the show notes. And as we end, I want to wish you all the best for future growth, for change, for learning. And for maintaining that, uh, that calm, right, the grounded state. And as you very well mm -hmm. said, right, it's never gets easy. It's a journey. It's not about yeah. reaching somewhere else. So have fun on the journey. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Same here. It was a pleasure. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. 
If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.